0: Happy? Did you see that uh, won one of the awards uh, this week, uh, that song uh, by Fresnel. Happy. We're in a series. We've been looking at how to be happy. It's something we all want. I think we all desire in our life. And we talked about the fact that there's a sure way to be unhappy. And that is to make the ultimate goal of my life my happiness it kind of backfires on us you know happiness is one of those things that's really a, a byproduct when you pursue something else something bigger something better than that there there's something more important than trying to make yourself happy and that is trying to find a life where it has meaning in it you know part of the reason that pursuing happiness leaves us kind of uh, wanting is that what we believe will make us happy is kind of an illusion. The idea that if I had the uh, right uh, circumstance, the right job, the right relationships, the right salary, the right house, the right car, the right stuff, that it would make me happy. And the reality is, happy, you might have it for a moment, but it's fleeting at best. And we talked about one of the main reasons that people are unhappy is they're really expecting that their circumstances will make them happy, which also means that we're allowing our circumstances to make us unhappy in life. And we've kind of used this as the analogy of saying that a lot of people live kind of a roller coaster life where we're happy, you know, we're happy when things are going our way. You know, we get very happy. We even enjoy moments of happiness. But the moment we are not able to have things go our way, we're unhappy. See, happy is not out there. It's not when everything's the way we want it. Joy is in here. And it's a God-given thing. You know, we talked about how our uh, past mistakes sometimes keep us from experiencing joy and happiness in our life. And last week, we talked about how worry, it robs us. It robs us of joy. In fact, it'll steal your life if you allow it. And if you're worried because you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go to iTunes and uh, the website and listen to the message because we talked about don't worry, be happy. Well, we've been looking at the book of Philippians. It was written by Paul. Paul writes this book, and it is full of joy. It's one of the most happy books in the Bible, which is really amazing because Paul wrote it while he was in prison. And Paul was facing trial. In fact, he knew that he might be executed. Yet he cannot stop talking about joy and so today we're going to talk about another thing that that kills joy philippians 2nd chapter verse 14 says do everything without complaining or arguing i want you to think about that for a moment do everything without complaining let's start with that word everything do you think paul really meant that i mean do you do you think paul was serious when he said do everything without complaining do do you think he thought through what he was asking i mean what would it mean for you to start taking that seriously what would it mean for you to obey that what would it mean to have a day where you don't complain What if tomorrow, as a group, we decided it's no complaint day? How many of you are excited about that? Uh, Some of you. Some of you are going, I can't believe he's asking us to do that. You're complaining about it. But what if tomorrow, when the alarm goes off, no complaining. I mean, could we, could we agree on that? When, when you wake up, the first person that you look at tomorrow, no complaining. When you look in the mirror, no matter how bad it looks, no complaining. When you're heading to work, no matter how bad the weather, and it might be bad, How bad the ride, no matter how bad the traffic, no complaining. When you're at work tomorrow or at school, no complaining. When that person that rubs you the wrong way approaches you, no complaining. When you get back home, when you're eating dinner, No complaining. No complaining when you get on the scales. No complaining when you're paying the bills. No complaining when that difficult trial comes and it will come. No complaining when the computer goes into the spinning wheel. You know what I'm talking about? And you have to wait five or ten seconds. No complaining when the cell data coverage is spotty and you can't be connected to everybody on the planet for the next five minutes. I mean, it's such a burden we carry, isn't it? No complaining. Do everything without complaining. I mean, what if tomorrow, one day, no complaining, we were shining happy people? I mean, what's complaining about anyway? I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't confront things or admonish, because you can do that in love, and we should. There, there are things that are injustices. There are things that need to be corrected. It just needs to be done. Complaining, though, different thing. Some of your Bibles, if you're looking at that verse, instead of complaining, it says grumbling. Grumbling. It's a reflection of ingratitude. See, complaining, it chokes the heart. Complaining will cloud your vision in life. And complaining will cut the joy right out. Complaining in a community or in a marriage or in a relationship. Complaining in the office or at the job site or at school. You know, complaining at a church, on a team, or in a small group. Complaining, it's toxic. And I've noticed complaining becomes contagious. I mean, it's it's relationally destructive. If you read the Old Testament, uh, the book of Numbers, it's uh, following the, the uh, children of Israel. And... There are 11 times in that book where the Israelites are complaining and they're grumbling. And instead of being grateful for being freed 400 years as slaves, oppressed, injustice, they, they complain. They complained about their food, they complained about their comfort, and all this stuff. And you look at the situation, you go, way better off than they had ever been as slaves but it was ingratitude. The Bible calls it sin, and God's really serious about ingratitude. You know, Paul writes in Romans, uh, the 21st verse of chapter 1, he says, although they knew God, they didn't honor God as God or thank him. Instead, their reasoning became pointless, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That ingratitude that takes over takes us down a really bad path sometimes in life. Things become very futile. The fact is, our our hearts become very dark and twisted. Paul gives a very similar uh, warning uh, about the whole issue of complaining. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And he adds a little reminder about what happened to the Israelites during Moses' time because of their complaining. And he he writes this in Corinthians. He says, do not complain as some of them did because they complained they were killed by the angel that destroys. Some of you right now hearing that go, I'm gonna be a happy person. Paul says, do everything, everything without complaining. And I think, how how did we do that? I mean, it is only possible when we change inside. Do you notice how much of it's in here that we do, trying to find happiness versus out there? See, it's when I change inside. The only way we could do everything without complaining is if we begin to have a grateful heart. A grateful heart, it's more than like a cinnamon on a greeting card. A grateful heart is being humble enough to recognize that I owe a debt to God, a debt I could never pay back, that I owe a debt to a lot of people that have been in my life that I can never pay back. I I will go through life with a sense of humility. I'll live with a higher level of appreciation, appreciation for life, appreciation for what I have, appreciation for what God's given me. I will live with gratitude, a generous spirit, shining happy people and I know as I say this some of you are sitting there right now and you're going well of course I'm grateful who wants to be ungrateful hmm well here here's a question do you have a plan for being a grateful person I mean how how are you going to do it because nobody drifts into gratitude. We, we have this problem, I, I believe, as a society, that we, when it comes to gratitude, we tend to think if things will happen in my life, then my level of gratitude will kind of rise up to that. I'll be grateful to the level I receive things to be grateful about. The more things that happen that are good, the more grateful I'll become. And we tend to think like that. I mean, we tend to think gratitude, see, is a byproduct of our circumstances. In other words, if God wants me to be grateful, then God should give me more. God should give me more things to be grateful about. And in other words, if all my wishes were to come true... If all my prayers were answered the way that I want them to be answered, if all my dreams were fulfilled, then I'd be grateful. And we think that's how it works. How many parents are here today? Let me see parents. All right. How many parents think this would be a good formula for raising your child? If you go home today, sit your child down, You go, I want you to be grateful, young man, young lady. So here's what I want. I want you to let me know what you want, when you want it, and it's yours. How many of you want to try that? (laughs) What do you call a child that's raised like that? Spoiled (laughs) at best. I mean, it's kind of like a bad apple. Increased Gratitude, listen, increased gratitude does not come from an increased gratification, getting things. This is a common mistake that people have in life. See, Paul says do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may be innocent and pure as God's perfect children who live in a world of corruption and sinful people. You must shine among them like stars lighting up the sky as you offer them the message of life. Paul says, you know what, gratitude. Gratitude is not going to be based on my circumstances. It's based on who I decide I want to become. It's not about the stuff I get. It's about the character that I want to develop in my life. And Paul says, here's how it works. I mean, toward the end of uh, the book of Philippians, He's writing and he says, it has been a great joy for me that after all this time you've shown such interest in my welfare. And Paul is thanking the Philippians. He's thanking them for their prayers, he's thanking them for their concern, for their financial support. The, The whole book really is basically a thank you note, a great big thank you note. And it reminds me how important thank you notes are. The fact is, we might not have this amazing piece of literature if Paul hadn't sat down and said, you know what, I need to thank the Philippians. Now Paul never misses a moment, so Paul uses his thank you note as a teachable moment. Paul doesn't want him to misunderstand where gratitude comes from. And so Paul continues, he says... I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want. That's a powerful piece of uh, scripture there. Paul's saying that his contentment, his gratitude is not something he experiences if he doesn't have any needs, if he gets everything he wants, if his circumstances go well. See, contentment is learned. Contentment is an acquired skill in life. I have learned the secret of being content, Paul says. We've had a lot of paradox uh, in, in this study, but here we have the paradox of gratitude. See, very, very often I have found people that have great needs in their life, people that are in circumstances where there's great want, really experience gratitude the most it's also been my experience many times that those that have the most uh that get the most that acquire the most are really the least grateful and, and to me it makes zero sense it just doesn't make sense why is that i was reading a study by a research team out of harvard uh and they, it was in the field of uh happiness studies at that school, but Professor uh, Sean Aker, he was invited to South Africa to deliver a speech and to talk about happiness and what he had learned. This was at a school in Soweto, South Africa, okay? No electricity, no running water, desperately, desperately poor. He, He realized as he... Took took the stage, so to speak, that he hadn't thought through everything. Because he was realized that he was getting ready to share stories about elite people from Harvard. And so he's thinking on his feet and he's trying to figure out how he's gonna connect. He's looking, going, These people don't have anything. These are students in Soweto. And so he started trying to buy time. You really can get in trouble when you start trying to buy time. But he thought, okay, I've got to connect with the students. I've got to find something that's universal to, so that we can kind of bond a little bit. And so he decided he would talk about students and their dislike of homework. And he started with a rhetorical question. He said, how many of you like to do schoolwork? Immediately, almost every hand went up. Raised their hands. They're like, "It's great we get to do this." And he said, "It was in that moment it hit him." Remember, he's an expert in happiness studies. He's at Harvard. He said he realized that it was the elite, it was the best, the cream of the crop, people that had every advantage that's available. And he said he realized that they experienced homework as a burden, a stressor, a problem. I have to write this paper. I must take this test. The students in Soweto, who had infinitely less, he said, in fact, many of them came to that that conference hungry. Didn't have enough food. they saw school and all that was involved as an incredible gift. I get to learn. I get to read. I get to write papers. I get to be tested on what I've learned. And they looked at all the opportunities and said, you know what? It's amazing. I'm grateful. Two groups of people, hands up doing a complete study on this, but two groups of people ask the very same question and one complains and grumbles and the other's full of gratitude. Same situation. See, friends, it's not your situation. It's not your circumstance that will determine your happiness. I mean, why can two people sit in the same circumstance work the same job, be in the same school, live in the same neighborhood, go to the same church, and one is filled with gratitude and the others complain and grumble. Well, I'll tell you why. Because one perceives that they have what they have, what they're about to go through, that they have a right to something. And the other sees the situation and what they have And they go, it's a gift. For me to be grateful, I must see what I'm getting as something I do not deserve. As long as I think I'm entitled, I will not experience gratitude. There's a lot of studies that have been done on... America and you know what they found They that the least amount of gratitude that people experience do you know where at work and so I hear that and I think don't go to work you could have more gratitude in your life <laughs> that's not what I'm saying see we have to learn to experience work for instance, as a gift. And I know some of you are going, you don't know where I work. It's a gift. It's a gift. There are lots of people that don't have a job. There are people all around the world that don't even make enough money to feed their family that they would give anything. They would love to have your job. And if they were offered it tomorrow, I don't care what the job is, if they were offered it tomorrow, they would go, thank you, God. Thank you. See, gratitude. Gratitude means that I have to perceive that something good is coming into my life. That's why the, the Israelites, they really uh, tried to practice and work at expressions of gratitude because they knew it didn't come natural. They'd be eating dinner and they wouldn't just pray before the meal. They had prayers throughout the meal. So they'd be eating dinner and they'd get grapes and they'd go, bless you, oh God. Thank you for thinking up grapes. Aren't these wonderful? Grapes are marvelous. You know, the bread would come. They'd go, thank you, oh God, for the bread. Thanks for being into carbs. You know, the Brussels sprouts would come around. No thanks there. Actually, I like Brussels sprouts. They would thank God for everything they ate. They gave praise to God for Everything see they were trying to develop an attitude of gratitude where they would see every single bite whether they loved the food or didn't love the food but every bite is a gift from God rabbis uh, used to get in fights with one another to see who could be the most thankful I know this is crazy right? But they would. They, they would have these arguments about, I'm more thankful than you. They wouldn't just thank God for the rain. Rabbis would thank God for every drop of rain. Go through a devastating drought, you'll see rain as a gift from God. You go through bad enough of a drought, you will thank God for every drop that comes. Gratitude really involves some humility on our part. When I am grateful, I realize I have received something that I was not entitled to. Entitlement kills gratitude. I mean, that is why, although we have more than just about anybody on this planet, that's why so many people aren't very grateful that's why when you get something the first time you ever notice you get something the very first time oh man we're thankful aren't we i'm thankful i get something the second time i kind of take it for granted and by the third time i feel i'm entitled to it so if I don't get it, I'm mad and I'm angry and I feel as though my rights have been violated. See, gratitude, gratitude. Amazing story, the New Testament. It's found in the book of Luke if you wanna read it this week. But you have 10 lepers. They have no life. They've been quarantined. They, they've been separated from the community. They've been separated from their families. They can't work. They live outside the city. They are isolated. They see Jesus one day from a distance, Scripture says. And that's what they were to remain, at a distance. That's why they yell, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. And scripture says, as they went, they were cleansed, they were healed. One of the men, he was a Samaritan, we'll talk about him in a moment. When he saw he had been healed, he just started praising God. And he returns and goes back to Jesus And he throws himself at his feet and he thanks him. Jesus says, weren't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine at? No one gave thanks to him but the Samaritan. And Jesus says, rise, go. Your face made you well. I guarantee you, if you could have stopped the other nine, ones that were healed, they were able to go back to their life, back to work, back to their families, they, they had a future. I mean, if you were to talk to those nine and ask them, are you grateful? I think they would have said, are you kidding me? Sure I am. I'm very grateful. But only one returns to give Thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. See, there there is a difference between experiencing gratitude and expressing it. See, none of us, no, nobody's going to stand up and go, "Hey, I like being," uh, you know, "I'm ungrateful." We, we don't see ourselves that way. But you know what's interesting? We we know when we lie. We know when we cheat. We know when we steal. We know when we're unfaithful. We we know that. We're very aware of it. But friends, we are pretty clueless about our lack of gratitude in life. What what we do, we tend to think about the time when we were thankful. But we were kind of like the nine lepers. I mean, we failed to express it. And here's the problem, unexpressed gratitude is often perceived as ingratitude. That's true in your marriage, it's true in the family, it's true in your friendships, it's true at work. You know, 10 guys are healed. One comes back, he's a Samaritan. It's not a coincidence See, the writer wanted us to know what he was getting at. Samaritan. See, this guy, he knew, I do not deserve this. I do not deserve to be healed. Jews, Samaritans, hated each other in that culture, hated each other. Jesus is a Jew. But Jesus is all about people. And so Jesus breaks through all the stereotypes. But it didn't get lost with the Samaritan. Jesus, I didn't deserve this. I'm not one of you. But you healed me anyway. I I have to thank you and I'm not even sure how to show you how thankful I am. But the best that I can come up with, and he just throws himself at Jesus' feet. It was an act of worship. Ten. Ten lepers healed. One says, thank you, Jesus. Here's a simple question. You gonna be like the nine? In your life? Just keep going. You know, getting on with your lives. You can keep plowing. So busy, so important. I got all this stuff to do. Or are you going to be like the one that comes back Just says, Thank you. Thank you. Everything in life, thank you. See, turns out the best way to experience gratitude is to express more gratitude kind of strange happy shining people express thankfulness about everything they're thankful to God I mean some of you just need to do that today to just thank God you know maybe uh, write it out write out a thank you I was in my hot tub the other day, and I, I just thought, you know, I'm going to ask you guys to do that. And so I just started thinking about things I was thankful for. You know, it's just, uh, you know, write out a thank you. You know, lift a thank you to God. The fact is, I was sitting there in uh, the hot tub, and I just I started thinking, you know, God, thank you. Thank you for waking me up this morning. I mean, God, you didn't have to wake me up this morning, but you did. You know, God, thank you. Thank you for a warm home. You know, God, thank you, even though I was sick for a couple of days. I'm pretty much in pretty good shape. You know, thank you, God, for the sunrise. Thank you for the moon that was still out that morning. I love it when the moon's still out and the sun's up. Thank you for this hot tub. You know, it's massaging and waking me up for the morning. God, thank you for the birds. I love watching the birds in the morning. It reminds me of God's amazing creation. You know, God, thank you for your scriptures that have guided me through most of my life. You know, thank you for your Holy Spirit that strengthens me, that keeps me in check. You know, God, thank you for my wonderful wife, my great kids, and my grandkids. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for every breath, every heartbeat. You thought it up, God. You know what's ahead. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See, it's a gift. Everything you have is a gift. Do everything, Paul says, without complaining. Can you imagine what kind of world we'd be in if we all quit complaining? If everybody just quit complaining? And what if when we feel gratitude, instead of just feeling it, we expressed it? You know, Paul, he, he starts his letter early on. He says, every time, I thank of you. I thank my God. I mean, who's God calling you to give thanks to? You know, your parents? Thank them. Thank them for all those years that they fed you and they took care of you. They chauffeured you around, that they, they were teaching you and praying for you and loving you, even when you did stupid stuff. They loved you. I mean, we think we're so self sufficient. Really? Thank them. Give them a call. Write them a note. And I know for some of you, your parents are no longer living. Do it anyway. Find a place and just say, you know what? I don't know if you can hear me or not, but I am so thankful. And just thank them anyway. Guys, if you're married, When you get in the car, out in the parking lot out here, just tap your wife on the shoulder, look her in the eyes and say, thank you. Thank you, you fill in the blank. And I know some of you guys are so cool, you're like, well, I'm gonna wait on that. If I do it today, she'll know it's because of the message. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to wait. And she'll think it's my idea. No, she won't. She won't. Just do it. Just do it. You know, maybe, maybe you're thinking about a mentor or a teacher or a friend. Maybe it's someone from way back. Pick up the phone and give them a call and thank them. Here's what's very interesting to me. Every time I kind of get on a mission and I'm like, I need to call a couple people, you know, and say, when I thank them, as I'm expressing that thankfulness, it makes me happy. Kind of weird. See, gratitude is the way. I do not deserve anything. And you don't either. But we're forgiven. Christians, we're forgiven. We are loved. God wants the best for us. We do not deserve it. It's a gift. And when you truly get that, then you can start living with gratitude. Whether you have a little or a lot, no matter what your situation, you will find you can have gratitude. Gratitude is the way to contentment and joy and ultimately happiness. Christians, shining, happy people We should be the shiningest and the happiest people on this planet. Shining, happy people do everything without grumbling and complaining. Shining, happy people because we see everything, everything, everything we have as a gift from God. You know, shining, happy people living with a sense of gratitude Shining, happy people because not only do we experience gratitude, but we express it. Shining, happy people. They shine like stars. People hear it in what we say. People see it in the way we live. It's the greatest testimony you can have as a Christian. Shining, Happy people, because we belong to Jesus Christ and God's. All that ultimately matters. Shining, happy people. That's that's what we're called to be. And so, my challenge to you is: shine, be happy don't worry about yeah stuff happens but your circumstances and what's going on whether you got a little or a lot all that stuff isn't what gives you the happiness and the gratitude it's when you see it all as a gift all as a gift let's stand for a word of prayer together pick this up next week our holy God God we praise you God forgive us forgive us when we live with just kind of a complaining spirit God help us to shine help us to pursue contentment and to understand it's from you that everything we have the fact that we're here this morning we're able to take a breath it's a gift That help us look at our spouse look at our children our grandchildren look at our neighbors they're all gifts Got everything I have it's a gift from you God, remind us of that. God, forgive us when we think we have because we're so smart or we've done so much or we've worked so hard. And God, may we always pursue with excellence, but to understand it's a gift. God, we throw ourselves at your feet for all you've done. We just give you the glory for everything, everything, God. We praise you. God's people said, amen. Let's worship.